Hi, and welcome to Yes Please, your go-to podcast for all things sexuality, pleasure, and orgasms. I've named this podcast Yes Please because that's how I want you to feel about all things sex, pleasure, and orgasms. Yes Please, and more. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here and that you want to learn more about how to experience more shameless pleasure, deeper satisfaction, and ecstatic orgasms in your life and sexuality. And I hope to inspire you to feel that you can embrace and celebrate your sexuality all throughout your life journey. This podcast isn't just about sex and sex education, however, it's about so much more. Personal growth, living a radiant and confident and authentic life, radical joy and expression, and general fucking goodness. I'm your host, Erica Alsborn, and I'm a sexuality teacher and expert, sex and birth coach, but you can think of me more as your BFF who you love to talk to about sex and all the intimate things you don't feel comfortable talking about with anyone else. I celebrate the vast and diverse human, erotic and sexual experience, and I embody a deep shamelessness when it comes to sex in all its different expressions. However, having said that, I'm a straight, able-bodied, cisgendered woman, and in my work I specialize in female sexuality, and I work with women with pussies and while I have a broad and liberal approach to sex and a very extensive training, my knowledge is limited by my own lived experience as well as the focus in my professional work. But I hope you'll learn lots here with me. Expand your idea of what sex is and can be and mean for you and even though I'm an expert on this topic, I'm not an authority. Everything I share is always a suggestion, not a must. So take what resonates and leave the rest behind. I'm always open to receiving your constructive feedback so don't hesitate to reach out if you have any. Okay. Hi and welcome again. I'm delighted that you're here and now let's dive into today's topic. Holy moly. Well, I'm just going to say it. Holy fuck. Because <laughs> I love cursing. You know this by now. Holy fuck. This was an incredible conversation. I knew it was going to be because I know Sheila from before, but we talked about birth and we talked about some things about birth that you normally don't here. So let us take your understanding of birth to new heights, new levels, new areas, and let us blow your mind when we share the possibilities in birth from our own experiences and from the work that we do with women. So excited to share this conversation with you on today's episode. So Sheila Kamara Hay is a MA and Vita coach. She's certified and trauma-informed somatic female sexuality and empowerment coach, and she's the founder of Ecstatic Birth. So you know this is going to be good, (laughs) right? Sheila specializes in an integrative approach to sexuality and pleasure to support clients in releasing blockages, feeling, feeling more, and opening to their fullest sexual expression, whether single, partnered, mothering, or going through menopause. But she's also a visionary in childbirth education, and she brought, she's brought sexuality and pleasure to the forefront of birth preparation and support. And that's why I was so excited to talk to her because I do the same. My birth coaching that I do in one-on-one client work in birth coaching and that I am excited about bringing you at some point in, in a digital online course format, it's coming, but you know, things take time and I'm pregnant and I'm going to go on maternity leave, but it's coming. So That's what I do as well, really bringing in pleasure and sexuality to the forefront of birth preparation and support. So in Sheila's ecstatic birth practice over the past 15 years, she's empowered women, families, and healthcare practitioners 
around the globe to elevate the experience of childbirth from pain to pleasure through body-based education and training programs. And she has a certification program called Ecstatic Birth Practitioners. So we dive into this, the role of pleasure in birth. Um, And she talks about her journey from experiencing a traumatic first birth to a pretty positive second birth to having an ecstatic birth with her third child. I luckily could skip the first traumatic experience and I went straight to an ecstatic first birth because I had a a different starting point in understanding, you know, having done sexuality, holistic sexuality work and all of this stuff. I had healed so much in my sexuality and my sexual trauma that when I got pregnant, I realized, wait a minute, all the work that I've done, all the practices and tools and stuff that I've applied to my sexual healing and growth, they surely must apply and benefit me in birth preparation, hmm, let me try. And it worked. <laughs> right? But we have such a beautiful conversation. Um, Sheila is an amazing woman, highly competent, highly experienced, and she's sought after. She's a sought after speaker, advocate, teacher, writer. She's featured at Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts, Orgasmic Birth is Pain to Power program, Midwifery Today, and so many other amazing platforms. She's talked about birth and visited podcasts and done publications. Um, so uh, a mother of three, she's married, she has dogs and cats. She's an amazing, beautiful, competent, wise woman, and she brings some amazing, amazing wisdom and um, lived real life experiences when it comes to birth to this episode today. So listen, enjoy, let it expand your mind. And if you want to learn more about Sheila, check out the links in the show notes to, um, to connect or to, um, yeah, to, to reach her and her work. Enjoy. Hi, Sheila. Welcome. (laughs) Hi, Erica. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so happy that you're here. And I just told you before we started recording that you're here both for the audience, but also because my purely selfish reasons, because I love your work and because I I just want to saturate my brain with the positivity and the ecstasy that is possible within the realm of birth. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Very exciting. Yeah. So tell us, please, a little bit more about yourself and the work you do, why you got into it and, you know, whatever you feel relevant to, you know, paint the picture of what you do and what brought you here. Yeah. Well, I mean, the seeds for my work were planted with my first pregnancy. I had grown up being told you'll probably have trouble getting pregnant. It'll probably like your body, like all those messages that we we get about how our bodies will fail us or they won't work right. I really had those. (laughs) And I was really surprised to get pregnant right away when my husband and I started trying. And then like, oh my God, my body's like gestating life and it's growing and it's doing all these things and it doesn't even require much input from me. Like that was amazing. And I was like, I want to, I want to know what that's like in childbirth. Like I want to be able to feel this like raw primal, like blueprint at play but I didn't really have any kind of like models or precedents for that. I didn't have, you know, any lineage of that in my family. I didn't see any models for that in my community. Obviously like world culture, this is now 20 years ago, didn't give us (laughs) tons of positive birth stories. 
And so, you know, I did what I thought I could, which was like, tell my husband, I think I want to birth with a midwife. And he was like, sure, honey, as long as you're in the best hospital with the best doctor, you could do whatever you want. And I didn't know that those two things kind of didn't go together, at least where I live. I took a natural childbirth class, but mostly just went, oh, I hope this will work out for me and like wished upon a star. And it didn't. You know, I had a fairly traumatic birth experience. And that set me on a big healing journey of like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my body? Like, you know, having to really reconcile what I thought I was preparing for and the experience that I had. And I actually couldn't get pregnant again until I went on that journey. Like I had a a series of losses to the point where I had to kind of just stop and be like, all right, I, I should stop trying to get pregnant right now because I obviously something's not working right. And that journey was probably like the best thing that ever happened to me because it set me on the path that I'm on today where, you know, there's such deep reverence for my body, for her wisdom and for all that she gives me. So fast forward, I learned a lot. I trained a lot. I healed a lot. And I was able to have my second birth with what I call my reclamatory birth, which is like I reclaimed that actually my body does work well. And then the third birth, I was like, okay, I know my body can do this. Like, and in my second birth, I had this glimpse of like, uh, when I went to push, I felt my vulva expand and contract sort of like a wave of an orgasm. And I was like, oh oh my God, it's true. Women can have like, you know, births that are orgasmic. And, you know, because back then again, this was now 17 years ago, there was no information about this. And in every book I read on natural birth, it would have like one, two, maybe three lines. Some women experience heightened states of bliss, ecstasy, and orgasm when they're giving birth. I wanted to know what that was about. And in that moment, I knew it was true. And so that was how I prepared for my third birth was I really prepared for pleasure. Like I really trained my body for pleasure. And the birth that I had blew me away because it actually wasn't sexual, sensual in the way that my mind conceived, it was beyond, it was transcendental, it was ecstatic, it took me higher than I've ever been in my life. And afterwards, I got really emotional and still get really emotional when I recount this, like, I was preparing for pleasure. And I still had no concept of what was possible. Like, I was preparing to have this like, incredible, expansive, pleasurable experience. And what I had was beyond what I could have even conceived. Like, why didn't I know? Like, why didn't I know what's possible? Why don't women know what's possible? And that's really what set me on this path. I've been, you know, first I began by sharing my teachers with other women. Then I began by running my own programs for expectant moms. And then over time, I started to see all these like doulas, childbirth educators, even midwives signing up for my programs. I was like, what are you doing here? Like, don't you learn this stuff in your your professional trainings? And they were like, no, we we don't actually, and we need this and we want this. So about eight years ago, I started a certification program also for practitioners called the Ecstatic Birth Practitioner Training. Now we have grads in over 26 countries, which is like so exciting. And, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a journey. I mean, obviously this is not what our culture, our society serves up. So it's really like a deep passion, sole purpose of mine to, you know, share this work with others, to open the doors of possibility for women um, and birthing folks. Like I just, I really want everyone to know it's possible. And then also to have the tools, the practices, 
the shifts to be able to do the work, I think is a really, really big part of it. So that's how I got to where I am today. And I'm just really happy to be here with you to share more about it. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have so much energy moving through my body and I just felt this like oh yes <laughs> yes and I want to cry I am crying and I uh, yeah it's just uh, yeah I get emotional hearing your story yeah. and the incredible journey that this took you through and especially when you said like oh like I prepared for pleasure. I prepared with pleasure. And what I got was like beyond anything I could have imagined. And yeah. And it takes me back to my own birth. And like, like, why? Why don't we talk about this? And also, like you said, like 20 years ago, if if we if we think today we don't talk about it, like 20 years ago, we really didn't talk about it. So now we actually no. are talking about it. It's just about like we just have to get this to reach women, yeah. reach people so that they can start consuming this material and start getting yeah. an alternative, positive, uplifting, expansive idea and narrative around what's possible in birth. And then you don't always get it. You get what you yeah. get. It is as it is. I mean, yeah. that's like with anything, it's possible to experience the deepest, most amazing love with another human being and have a positive marriage. But not everyone gets that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It is as it is. Like reality is unfair. It's unfair. And sometimes shit happens. But just knowing that it's possible, knowing that it exists. And what you said that really moved me was what happens. This happens in sexuality. It happens in birth. It happens with the things that are oftentimes connected with our like innate bodily functions. When we don't understand them and we have negative experiences, we think something's mm. wrong with us. Like you said, yeah. I thought something was broken. I thought that something was wrong with me. And it sent you into yeah. healing. And it's fascinating that, I mean, who knows, but that it probably it impacted your ability to get, to hold a pregnancy and to, 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 to be pregnant and go through with the pregnancy before healing the trauma. 100%. So, you know, when I decided to get pregnant again for the second time, my son was a year old and my brother and I have 10 years apart growing up. And my thought was, oh, okay, he's a year old. I should get pregnant again. I should have another baby. Like, I don't want there to be a big age gap. I want my kids to grow up together. All of this stuff was in my head, right? And when I started my healing journey and learned to tune into my body and I asked my body, like, what's going on? Like, why all these losses? Now I'm going to cry. <laughs> she said, <laughs> she said, I'm not ready to have another baby. I'm still healing from the first. Yeah, because that first birth, you know, I had an episiotomy. It took me months to stand up yeah. from a chair without pain. And it was like, oh, in that moment, I realized that the shift between like thinking your way through your life and feeling your way through your life. Right. So in my yeah. head, like all of those reasons were head reasons. But actually, once I once I integrated my body into my pathway and really listened, it was like. I'm still healing. Like I'm not ready to carry another baby right now. And that was it. Like that was, Oh, okay. Like huge healing moment for me. And then, you know, really when I got to that place where my body was a yes, I got pregnant 
and carried a beautiful, healthy baby to term without any issues after like three, four significant losses. So our bodies are, are really, really incredible. And I think a big part of this journey to having an ecstatic birth experience, whatever the outcome looks like, is really moving in alignment with your body and your body's wisdom and really like listening and feeling. And, you know, we live in such a dissociative culture where we don't want to feel our bodies. We don't want to feel our sensations. We don't want to feel our emotions. And you see this so strongly in childbirth, right? Like I think the epidural rate is like almost 70%, 80%, something like that in the U.S. I mean, there are countries around the globe right now, like South Africa, Brazil, where the C-section rate is that high, 70, 80, 90%. It's insane. And why? Because we don't want to feel, we don't want, right? Like that. it's like such a dissociation from our body's processes. So I think that's a really, really big part of the journey. And it's a big part of what I teach. And I know you teach also when you work with women, like how to really come into attunement with your body, with the sensations and hear the wisdom that's there. And it can guide you. It can guide you in, you know, navigating your choices when you're pregnant. It can guide you like on a real primal, like movement level in physical childbirth. And it's like 100% necessary in mothering, right? Like you, your child's not going to tell you, you know, I need this or I need that. Like you need to, you need to intuit that. Like you need to be able to like feel that in your body, like what's going on with your infant. And so you can take care of them. And I'll tell you, like I have teens now and it it doesn't change even though my teens can talk to me like my body still tells me a lot <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god how many times I wanted to like strangle my mother when she was like tell me and I'm like what you know as a teenager <laughs> she's like no no I mean I see I feel I know you like no words are needed tell me what's going on you know yeah we are we're feeling sentient beings and there's so much more consciousness and there's so much more communication uh, that takes place beyond just a verbal and and especially beyond identification with the mind and in the thoughts. And so I am just so profoundly grateful for you that you had the intuition to ask your body to tune in and just be like, okay, what's going on here? And mm. that you were able to listen and receive your body's response. I'm not ready. And that that was the starting point for a massive healing journey and professional development and all that un- unfolded from that. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it was very similar to me. And they often say like the best, the best research is me search. Most people who will work in, in an area where they feel very passionate about the topic, it comes from a personal growth or transformation or, or pain that yeah. set them down that path. And like you say, embodiment is so key and we live in a disassociated disembodied culture and our culture what's the word i'm looking for it 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 celebrates i mean it encourages disembodiment it encouragement that kind of disassociation yeah. and it doesn't know an alternative so at a very young age we we disassociate and disembody with our with our bodies and we start to identify our entire self with the mind and the thoughts. But like you yeah. say, when we're when we're doing these bodily anchored experience, when we're gonna when we need to go through these bodily experiences, all of a sudden it's like, oh, my body is not just this vessel that brings my brain from A to B and <laughs> that makes me <laughs> pee and poop and I have to eat every now and then. And 
you know, it's actually a living organism and it's part of you and it's actually much more you than your thoughts and it holds yeah. so much wisdom and consciousness. And for many women, the first time they realize their animal self is when they try to become pregnant, they are pregnant, but especially when they give birth. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's a beautiful thing. I sometimes, when I think about my birth and they're all these like, don't do this and be careful and don't lift and yeah, sure, you know, but honestly, like monkeys, careful. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, right. And we're just like evolved monkeys who happen to have higher consciousness and incredible and incredible mind and mental tools. So I, I, I brought that into my birth preparation of feeling like I'm I'm a sexy, like fertile animal and what wisdom and what power and what guidance can I derive and get from and tap into in my mammalian self? Like what is there that I have not met about myself that is pure, like primal mammal instinct and it's actually very interesting. I was li I listened to I don't anymore, but I used to listen to Chris Chris, the author of Sex at Dawn. Oh yes, um, yes. I'm blanking on the name, but I know the book. Yes, yeah. Sex at Dawn author Chris something has a podcast, tangentially speaking, and he's hilarious and sometimes very obnoxious and annoying, but he's very entertaining <laughs> and, and a fascinating person. But he said humans don't have instincts, and I and I thought to myself, you've never given birth. Shut the fuck up. Mm. <laughs> Right. But I didn't know until I'd given birth. Yeah. Because it's such yeah. a, it can be such a pure instinctual experience. And that's why women are starting to free birth and feel really empowered in that. And that's everyone's choice, right. To do whatever they want during birth. But in birth, there is the invitation to realize that you are an animal, you have instincts. And like you say, like, there's something around like understanding. I can't remember now exactly how you said, but like letting the experience take over and see how your body does something without your involvement, without your guidance and control, which basically is like, that's where we start to head into that ecstatic realm where we let go of control and surrender ourselves over to that, which we don't really understand. And I think, you know, this is where like the intersection of birth and sex hits really strongly. Yes. Is that, you know, your body wants to feel good, actually. Like that, like pleasure is a sign that like something is working. Pain is a sign, hey, like move away generally, right? Like move away, touch a hot flame, move away. And so if you can really train yourself to be in deep communion with your body and the sensations of your body when you're in labor and you're getting like you know the waves of sensation however intense they are they will guide you to move i was speaking with laura shanley who is like free birth before free birth even happened right so she back in the day led a movement called the unassisted childbirth movement and just to be completely like honest like I don't have embodied experience with any of that. And I actually like, it frightens the hell out of me. So I had her on a bunch of times for conversations in my various programs. I was like, how can you get so clear of fear that you wouldn't even have support there? Like, can you just explain that to me? 
And so she actually came in and taught in my practitioner training program last year. And she was talking about exactly this free birth movement that has taken off. And there are constantly like horror stories that come up of women that choose to free birth and have these like heart wrenching, heartbreaking outcomes. And she said, you know, she was looking into them. And a lot of it is like, they're really connected to this free birth community. And so they're in labor and something's not going right. And so they're on the forums being like, this is happening to me. What should I do now? And like listening to all this advice from other people, she goes, that's ass backwards, right? The Mm -hmm. whole idea of honest, unassisted birth is that your body will guide you. And she has like embodied experience with this. So she had a pregnancy where, uh, you know, her body was like, stand up, move really slowly. Like she was having dreams and visions leading up to the birth. And then in the birth was getting really clear guidance. Turned out her baby was breech. And this was how her body was guiding her to safely deliver her baby breach. I find this fascinating. And I think, yeah. you know, for like 99.9% of people, like this is even like a, this is a whole other realm. And so I personally tend to be like, have support there. It's a good thing. You know, when you get scared, you're going to want someone there that's going to be like, you're doing great, you know, yeah. and that can help you surrender. But I think there's this place of like your body like your instinct, like your body knows what it needs, how to move, how to, you know, and this is why, and this is a place that I'm really passionate about. This is why like sensual expansion, like learning how to enjoy your body sensually, learning how to orgasm, learning how to open to an endless flowing orgasm is such phenomenal birth prep because in that journey, you really are training yourself to let go of this mind space and be in deep connection to your body and the sensations. You're learning how to open to expanded energy flow. You're learning how to play with intensity with your voice, with your sound, with your movement. There's no other way you can like practice for childbirth. Like this to me, sexuality is the most potent realm of like practicing for birth because you're hitting all the spots like it's the same anatomy the same hormones the same physiology but everything's just so much bigger and so much more expanded in childbirth so if you are training your body to learn how to handle even more energy flow even more intensity and to be able to do that in a way that feels good that will really really serve you in the birthing room yeah, I 100% agree. And it's so good to hear this again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know this, but maybe I forgot a little bit. And maybe I think there's like <laughs> this more like advanced, like complicated thing I need to do now, second time around. But it's just like, it's just going back to those like fairly simple things. Mm. It's like the holistic sexual tools of breathing, sounding, movement, focus, energy, intention. Uh, and uh, really about letting those tools, which are like physical experiences or expression, is really allowing them to be like, okay, permission to permission to be, like permission to just moment to moment shift, evolve, change, communicate. And I'm just going to follow along for the ride. I'm going to use these tools to handle the intensity of the experience and and just and just flow with it and you're so so right i mean that's why most of my birth coaching is like go masturbate <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> make peace with your pussy 
Look at her, touch her, massage yourself, get to know yourself, get so intimately comfortable and familiar with your sexual organs and learn these tools that I just mentioned, practice them, identify, eradicate, shift, reframe fears and trust, 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 trust your body, trust your body, learn to communicate your body. And that like it's for us now working with it for so long, it's like this is so I mean, so logical, but for the like for me, before I started doing this work, you know, my sexuality, holistic sexuality work, conscious sexuality work about 10 years ago, I'd never, ever, ever, ever asked my body, how do you feel? Mm. What's going on? Like it, it's revolutionary for like mugglers, normal, ordinary yeah. people, right? <laughs> and when we step into birth, it's like, yeah, it it invites us into that space, but then the way that maternity care and health care and birth care is set up it's it's uh again very disassociated and disempowering and just handing over the power like birth this baby for me yeah remove the pain remove me from from the experience i don't want to feel my humanness and the discomfort and i don't know this to be i don't know the exact numbers here you you shared some hor- horrific numbers and stats from some countries and i don't know the the stats i just know from people living in japan and talking about it that describe the culture in japan they said the epidural rate in japan is super low compared to other countries and it's mm-hmm. because in their culture the rite of passage of becoming a mother includes pain in childbirth like it includes experiencing walking through that portal and experiencing the intensity or pain or whatever you want to call it. And so they yeah. don't have the cultural narrative and encouragement to remove the pain because it's part of the rite of passage. It's part of the expected birthing experience. Now, I don't know how they deal with the pain. I don't know how like positive or negative that is. Um I've just heard that and I found that really fascinating because in most other countries, at all costs, we try to avoid and eradicate mm-hmm. discomfort, physical pain, hardship, struggle, and all of those things. And I think also a lot of women feel I'm not built to handle it. I'm not, I don't have the capacity to deal with it. And that is a fallacy. That's completely incorrect. We're built to give birth. And I mean, whether you believe in the creation, like God or if you believe in evolution, your 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 physiology, your biology, your anatomy is not in any way faulty or inadequate or a mistake. Like we're things can go sour or south and wrong, but it's not because you're innately built wrong or incorrect or inadequately, which I think a lot of women carry that belief as well. You know, we hear like, oh, the baby's yeah. head's too big and the baby's too big and the pelvic outlet is too small and all these things. And if we really were embodied, if we really sent to our bodies, we would know exactly how to work with the body. So to to really give the body the environment and the circumstances so that it can function optimally. And when it does, ecstasy is available in birth. Yeah, I mean, I I love everything you're saying, and I would like to take it to a whole other level of, yeah, we're built for this, but yeah. we're actually built for it with pleasure. Like yeah. our design is actually not to birth in pain, 
our biological design. And I know that that's butting up against some like cultural and religious, like deep, deep roots. And, but I personally can't believe that there's a divinity out there that would choose to punish like women, the vessel through which the next generation is being born as the next generation is being born. That just seems like, are you kidding me? Like what, what version of the divine would do that? But that aside, biologically, um, our bodies, our physiology is meant to birth with pleasure. And we know this because one, the governing hormone of labor is oxytocin. You get oxytocin through pleasure, through connection, through love, through orgasms, through kissing, through cuddling, right? So here we have the pharmaceutical industry that's coming in and like, oh, some women's labor just doesn't start. Oh, some women's labor is taking too long. Let's give them Pitocin. Pitocin is just a pharmaceutical version of oxytocin. But Pitocin doesn't come with all the yumminess that, you know, the orgasms or the cuddling or any of that does. So we know that, you know, that hormone comes through pleasure and that is the governing hormone of labor. So you want to have your labor progress, like really lean into the love, lean into the pleasure, like lean into that connection. What do we do overwhelmingly? We're like so dominated by the fear. Like our choices are governing, are governed by fear. And that's the exact opposite hormonal system that's your you know stress response that's your cortisol and we know that the two like your sympathetic and parasympathetic do not operate at the same time so when you're in fear you're actually disrupting your labor completely the flow of your labor you're not allowing your oxytocin to flow so that's one thing next when your tissues are engorged and full of pleasure they're pliable they can open wide so imagine having sex if you're not juicy, if you're not torn, turned on, if you're not engorged, like that's gonna freaking hurt. Like yeah. we can all feel that in our bodies and that's how we're giving birth. And a baby is much larger than, you know, like being penetrated by a man. Like, so you need to be not just engorged, you need to be like really engorged. You need to be like really turned on and your body will do that to a certain extent. But actually what augments that, again, it's pleasure. It's yes. physical pleasure. I was reading... There's a study that came out of Rutgers like a few years back that was like, oh, so the baby's head, head as it descends and it presses upon the G-spot, that's actually like a, a numbing mechanism. So pressing upon the G-spot helps mitigate the intensity of the baby descending. And I was like, yeah. And actually, if you've done your, if you've done your inner work and your G-spot is not just a place of like, you know, like holding of emotions and intensity, which it is for most women, but your G-spot is actually a place of like incredible, like delicious pleasure. It's not just going to numb as the baby's head comes down or even like trigger if you're holding trauma there, but it's going to do the opposite. It's going to flow with juiciness and pleasure. So there's so many ways that our biological design is to birth with pleasure. And there's a million and one reasons why we're not. And I think this is a big part of like the gap that we're trying to bridge, both in our own bodies as moms, but also, you know, for those that are practitioners, I can't tell you how many practitioners I've worked with who have really been so grateful to come home to their bodies because there was such a dissociation with their sexuality. Now, if you're holding space for someone in the birthing room and you're fearing for them, you're going to transmit that fear. But let's say you're holding space for someone and you know how to stimulate your own oxytocin flow. You have done that work. Then you can transmit that to them as well. We know the birthing field is porous. So there's, we have such a long way to go, but 
we've actually like I, I like having been in this for 20 years now like can say like we've come so far and it's we've so come exciting. so far <laughs> and we still have such a long way so to go, far to go. Way to go but we're doing it and we're this, doing these it. kinds of conversations are like paramount to the, yeah to that. yes ah oh, I love that you brought this to the next level I knew we were gonna go here um, <laughs> and so I'm like stepping stoning our way into it and you're 100% absolutely right not only are we like designed to to do it and to function optimally and blah blah, blah but we're also designed to actually have a really positive pleasurable ecstatic experiences and that's why I say like pregnancy and birth are extensions of your sexuality it's a sexual experience it may not be yeah. an erotic experience because not all sexuality is erotic but it's by definition by like location yeah innately sexual you're literally giving birth with your sexual organs through your sexual organs so why should it not be considered as a sexual experience and 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 when we understand that or when we accept that fact well then like you say it's like well then what role does pleasure play it plays a massive role massive yeah. role what gets the baby in gets the baby out it's the same birth hormones like all of that yeah. stuff it's so 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 true it's so 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 true so i imagine like <laughs> when you said the birth workers having done the work it's like i want my birth workers to just stand there and rub their nipples and be like hum <laughs> And just like yes. shooting their oxytocin at me and my husband like stroking his cock and just being like, hmm, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. dressed. They can be dressed. They yeah. don't have to be naked. I'll be naked. But um, but yeah, and that's why it's that's why sexual issues and trauma show up and block birth, of course. And yeah. we can use pleasure as the most amazing pain decreaser or pain neutralizer in birth and as an incredible tool to to amplify the positive experience and to have that that pleasure and yeah when you when you spoke about the g-spot and the baby descending through the vaginal canal because it's not a birth canal it's the vaginal canal yeah. like why <laughs> we you know of course it's a birth canal as well but it's the vagina i that's when i felt the most intense orgasmic sensations mm. because it was like and i've said this on podcasts before but it was literally the biggest dildo i've ever had in my <laughs> Yes. I get it why people love fisting because it's like, holy fuck, that level of intensity and stretching and deep like deep massage of the internal structures of the vagina and specifically the G-spot. That's when I had like intense ecstatic, intense orgasmic sensations moving through my body. I was sitting on my knees and I was like throwing my head backwards and I was telling my husband, I feel like I'm coming. What the fuck? I feel like I'm having an <laughs> orgasm. And, and and then that I didn't have an orgasm. I know some women have orgasms when giving birth. I didn't have like that stereotypical like orgasm, but I had orgasmic feelings, orgasmic sensations and the experience because of its transcendental qualities and how it felt like also like I felt like I was tripping for most of the time, like that, mm. like entering into that all alternative space transcendental omnipresent yeah. like if, yeah. you, if, you, if you've ever taken hallucinogenics someone would know but like that kind of like 
altered reality experience. So I'd also be curious to know what other chemicals are released in the brain naturally. Like they say, like DMT, for example, is released naturally in in breath work. Well, I was doing really intense breath work during my my birth. And I sometimes deeper than that, actually. So like all the DMT, all the internal DMT studies are done by men, right? So Mm -hmm. they're just looking at the heart and the pineal gland. But Mm -hmm. actually your vagus nerve runs not just through your pineal gland and your heart, but for women into your cervix. Yeah. And so like your cervix is the gateway to your internal DMT as well as your breath. So when your cervix is opening like that and, you know, you're, you've done like, clearly you did your work before your birth, right? Like you've had a a long history of like being really immersed in your body and in your sexuality and, you know, the reason you could feel so much pleasure with the baby's head descending is because your G-spot wasn't holding, you know, trauma or pain or, right? Like, so the same is true with your cervix. If yes. you, you know, had cervical awakenings, orgasms, that can be incredibly, especially when it's connected to your heart and your your third eye, you can have the most transcendental experiences. And that's really, you access that in birth, you access that in death and you access that as a woman in your sexuality in relation to your cervical orgasm. Yeah. Yes. And men don't have that. They get that through us. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we create the men because they come from yeah. our bodies. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It, it's interesting. I've been learning that this is activated in the baby's body through vaginal birth. Wow. Which is bypassed in like a cesarean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, birth experience. So, you know, not to knock cesareans, they are life-saving and we're very grateful to have them, but it's interesting when you look at the biological design and what kind it can trigger in the whole body. Like there is a, a very real difference. Yeah. Yeah. Kate Pope is coming on to the podcast in a few, in a, in a future episode. And she talks a lot about the microbiome um, mm. and the difference in the gut biome, microbiome in babies delivered vaginally and through cesarean. So there are many, many things that are impacted by that and many, many things, many ways in which nature designed the process as it did for a reason. Um, and then, yes, we are incredibly and eternally grateful for the advances in modern technology and healthcare and how it saves lives when it's necessary, right? When it's needed, when there is a medical, when there's a true medical, <laughs> what's the word? Incentive. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we usually these days get things a little bit mixed up. What's actually a true medical incentive and what's bad habits and routines these days and lack of experience and competence. And most OBGYNs, many midwives have not seen physiological undisturbed birth taking place. They don't know. And many of them say it, you know, if they're, if they have the, (laughs) if they have the humility to admit it, many actually do say, I've never seen it. I don't know. I don't know what it Mm -hmm. looks like. And in my first birth, I was lucky to find highly skilled, very experienced decades upon decades of experience of working as midwives and working with home birthing. And my, the, the elder midwife had, had midwifed the younger midwife's birth so it was like it felt like there was this like they weren't related but it was like this maternal kind of beautiful like yeah 
and when 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 Sandra, the younger mid, I mean, she's in her fifties now, so she's not like super young, but like the younger midwife said, Brita attended and midwifed me at my two or three home births. I was like, I trust them. Yeah, <laughs> I trust them, <laughs> and for many other reasons as well. But yeah, but I want to circle back to what you said. I did not know that the DMT was was the vagus nerve connection, and yes, I know that the vagus nerve. We don't know exactly. Some people say yes, or some people say no. Like it's hard to know exactly with nerve innervation and how it travels and all of that. But we know that it goes, it runs deep and far down into the female anatomy and inter like goes into womb and cervix and stuff. So it's fascinating. I I hadn't hadn't made that hadn't made that connection with the DMT and the breathwork and the vagus nerve, but it makes absolutely mm-hmm. sense. I mean it makes again it makes absolute sense that we were designed that way because when you have to open so much, you have to open your mind and you have to let go of ordinary things. And I mean I started feeling boundaryless towards like the end of my pregnancy and I I had to like move away from situations and be really careful with what I was around because I felt like there was literally no boundary between me and the outside world I think one of the reasons is also because you're meant to start you know you're about to merge with another human being physically as they move from inside to outside womb space but I but I think also birth is such an opening of a of yourself that you, yeah. you that process starts psychologically yeah. earlier than than birth itself. Kimberly Ann Johnson talks about like the energetic field shifting from well, she talks about it being like an hourglass. So your your upper chakras open mm-hmm. massively. And then there's the middle point in the womb, whereas the, the the focal point, the center point of birth, obviously. And then the lower chakras open. So you're like this hourglass energetically where you're just so open outwardly, upwardly, spiritually and mentally and psychologically. And then also your root, your, your whole pelvis, everything has to open mm. to let the baby out. And so there are so many fascinating things and so many traditions around birth that we're just so deprived of in modern life like there's no there is well we're bringing it back so we're bringing it back yeah we're bringing it back yeah I love that um for me like my personal theory and this is just from my own embodied experience and witnessing others is you know like we know that our bodies are energy we know that we're made of energy we know that our universe is energy right and so my theory is when you are when you conceive when you're bringing new life onto the planet there's there's a deeper connection to the energy of the universe all around you we know that at the moment of conception there's light right so there's a birthing woman and especially as she gets ready to birth her baby her energetic fields become so porous right we talked about earlier if somebody with fear walks into the room if somebody with like pleasure walks into the room her body can receive that and I believe it's because she's at one with like that god energy that energy of the universe the energy of creation it's literally pumping through your body at the moment of birth it's it's helping you birth your baby it's you know it's it's part of who you are and so it's not just you it's you your baby but there's also all the energy of the universe is flowing through you just as 
It is, you know, when you're having an incredible orgasmic experience, but it's that like magnified, amplified infinitely. And so you're right, like so many of these traditions, like I'm Jewish and I know in the Orthodox Jewish tradition, it is considered a moment of prayer. Like you'll mm -hmm. go into like a birthing woman's space and they're all just praying because it's like the portals are wide open. <laughs> I right? love it's it. Like what anything you want to manifest, right? Like sex magic <laughs> on steroids. That's really what it is. Like they recognize that in orthodoxy religion. So I love that. it's uh it's it's like a direct connection to source because yeah. source energy is pumping through your body to help you birth your baby. It's happening yeah. together. That's what I felt when I was tripping in birth. <laughs> I was yeah, and high and off my fucking tits in my own and like completely naturally unmedicated. And I was like, yeah, I was feeling that it was yeah. it was me and it was it was and it was so much more than me. And it was just like like this incredible like energy coursing through me coming down. And it, it, it felt like in a way it felt like it as there was so much energy pushing down and the intensity was very located, of course, in my in my in my pelvis and it was in, in the back and the belly and all of that in the vagina, the entrance. It felt in a way like it was also keeping me kind of erect and upright. Like it mm. was there was an upward energy in that way, which made me like not implode. Yeah. So in its own way, it was probably helping like it was supporting you right in your yeah. process for me in my ecstatic birth my experience was like the contractions were like this dance partner right like the energy would like come and it would like overtake my body and move my body I, I had a very pokey labor so my my experience giving birth was super active because as soon as I would like lie down to rest everything would stop right so these contractions would like come and overtake my body I was dancing I was moving and then they would like retreat and I just kind of be like left pulsing on the floor and yeah. so much bliss in between each break yeah it's again just going back to this idea of not only are we built for this but like pleasure is such an integral part of this like what we're really talking about here is like spiritual pleasure like like yeah. deep and and yeah, you can understand like mentally, logically that there's spiritual pleasure in that like your baby is being more like a new life is coming onto the planet. Like it doesn't get more sacred than that. But this place of like transcendence and our inner pharmacology and that connection between the cervix and our DMT, like it's right there. It's in our biological design. So there's tremendous potential for spiritual pleasure. Like so many women will have connections with their ancestors or with all that is or just like beautiful like feelings of light in their body when they're giving birth emotional pleasure I mean your heart is expanding in love like there are babies coming like we can understand emotional pleasure and then this place of like physical pleasure you know like you said it's like sex on steroids you understand fist like everything's just bigger so if if you can really enjoy your sexuality, if like you've done your deep inner work to heal, we all grew up in a culture where there's like a big rift in yeah. how sexuality is treated, how we embody it, how we understand it. If you've really done that inner work and, and it's not like you can ever be done, like it's really a lifelong process, sure. but you know, like here's the vision that I'm holding is we know that we can have 
like tremendous amounts of orgasmic energy flow through our body at will. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I know women that can do this. You know, like I've opened to it to a certain extent myself, right? So if all women really had healed or activated our full potentiality where you could access full body orgasmic energy flow through your body at will and you birth in that way, could you imagine what's possible? Mm. Could you imagine that imprint on the next generation? If your doula midwife birth worker is coming into the space holding that energy, it's it's mind blowing. That's mm-hmm. really the vision that I'm holding. And I'm really, really excited about that spot because I'm seeing more and more and more of it. I would say like in the last two years, I'm seeing more of that opening, that activation, that full body orgasmic flow awakening in women's bodies. And it's contagious, which yes. means that if it's accelerating in the last two years, where are we going to be 10 years from now? It's so yeah. exciting. Yes, 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 yes. I 100% agree. I stand behind that. I share the same vision. I know it to be true. I've experienced it myself. And we're here talking about it. You're spreading the work. You're doing the work. You're passing that on to women, practitioners. I don't know if you have seen my email. I don't know if you've seen my emails or not, but I sent out an email about and and did an Instagram story post about women sharing their positive birth stories Mm. here on the pod. So it's going to come. I've had so many people reach out and volunteer to share their positive birth stories. And I'm getting the diversity, you know, like a lot of home births, some unassisted, VBACs, hospital with epidural, like all of it, because I want to really share the the like the diversity and 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 in that as well so it's coming so each time a woman shares about her positive birth it creates a positive ripple effect and and i really really advise you i really recommend you i really encourage you i give you permission if you listening have had a positive birth experience please please be proud of it please celebrate it please mention it please share it with anyone who's pregnant and say, Hey, I had a really positive birth story. Do you want to hear about it? Because they hear so much negative bullshit. <laughs> and yeah. if you know someone's pregnant, send this to them. Let's try and really, you know, balance out, outweigh, silence out all the negativity. And neither you nor I are unrealistic in any way. Like you said yourself, Hey, I'm, I'm wary about unassisted. I wouldn't go there. I, I don't like that's like that. I hear that's your edge. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. People yep. say to me, like, you're so brave to do home birth. I would say, you know, I agree, like unassisted, like there's a, there's a courage and a badassery that I don't know. I don't know if I would willingly do that. I'm planning for another assisted midwife assisted home birth. I do have a sense that it's going to go so fast. There's a likelihood that it'll be involuntarily unassisted because it will just happen so fast. I'm, I am opening my up to that possibility. I'm like making that vision that I'm I'm working with the visualization of that being a a potential outcome or like a potential experience to just normalize it and eradicate fears should that happen right Mm -hmm. Uh, and I just read yesterday an Instagram post from a woman who had a an unassisted home birth completely unplanned she gave birth in 15 minutes her second child holy (laughs) fuck that's I thought my birth was fast like that's fucked (laughs) what a fucking rocket of a child (laughs) so you know there are so many variations and it's so important to um 
to talk about this because we live in this very sterile environment where we don't see birth, we don't hear birth, we don't see real sex, we don't hear real sex, I mean, and death as well. So it's a powerful realm of personal transformation, growth. And yeah, like you said, accessing our spiritual, emotional, physical, sexual, relational pleasure. And that's a beautiful invitation from you, Sheila, for everyone listening to to reframe birth in that way. And I take it with me. I'm going to go home and masturbate in self-pleasure tonight with my <laughs> glass wand and dive into it. I'm like, yes, this is the exactly the inspiration I needed. This is exactly why I wanted to talk to you because <laughs> I've been lazy with my prep work. I'm like, it's the second one and oh, I've done this before and oh, I'm too busy and baby and I'm exhausted and you know, lots of things going on. But I've got, I think I, I checked my app. I have like 115 days left. So I'm going to fucking double down on pleasure now. I have sex <laughs> regularly. Like I'm not, but I'm going to step it up with my pleasure prep work. Thank you for the inspiration. <laughs> yeah, my literally my pleasure. And yes. I love, I love, 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 love the work you're doing and the awareness you're raising. And yeah, it is so important for women to share their birth stories. And I love what you said about different types of birth stories, right? Yes. Because one, a birth that's right for one person could be totally different than a birth that's right for another person. Yes. And one of the things I'm super proud of is, you know, I have had women that have had emergency C-sections and claim their ecstatic birth, right? Yes. Because it's in full alignment with their journey. To me, an ecstatic birth is an experience that a new mom can walk away from with her head held high. So it's not really tied to circumstance. It's tied to how you feel. You know, too many women step out of the birthing room feeling victimized, disempowered, even unfortunately traumatized. And so ecstatic birth is really about giving all the tools, information and empowerment for a woman to walk away feeling great about her experience, even if her experience was not what she had wanted. So yeah, an ecstatic birth can definitely be orgasmic and blissful and transcendent and all of those things. But it can also be an experience where a woman might have walked down a pathway that she didn't necessarily want to walk down, but she was able to make that choice from a place where she felt autonomous, empowered, where she was able to make that choice in a way that felt good to her. So I've had clients that have had to have emergency C-sections for really valid reasons and they were able to claim their ecstatic birth after that. Why? Because a big piece of what I do is have my clients really look their fears in the eye, look at the different scenarios. And it starts to take the charge away when you look at, okay, what are the things that are really important to me uh, in the birth experience? And put those up front and center. And once you start to like really look at them, most people realize a lot of those things have to do with feelings, not so much circumstance. So to have a feeling of love, to have a feeling of connection, to have a feeling of celebration, right? And those are things that you can weave into multiple pathways. So again, ecstatic birth, it doesn't have to look a certain way. Do you have a greater um, chance of having an ecstatic birth under certain circumstances? Absolutely. But you can claim your ecstatic birth no matter what if you've done your deep inner work in preparing for your birth experience. 
And so to really normalize it, like, yeah, you can have an ecstatic birth with all different conditions, all different circumstances, different desires, you know, we're all unique, have our own fears and desires and pathways and experiences. So yeah, just really grateful to you for the work that you're doing. And I, I love that, that, that you're bringing it forward in such a big way as well. Thank you. Thank you. I receive that with a lot of joy and gratitude. Now, if people want to learn more about you, connect with you and see what you've got to offer, tell them what do you do? Where can they find you? And anything else yeah. you want people to know about you and your your business, your work? All right. Thanks so much. Yeah. So you can find me on most social media platforms under the handle Ecstatic Birth. My website is ecstatic-birth.com. So there's a little dash between the words, ecstatic-birth.com. And yeah, you can find pretty much all my programs there. I have a program for expected moms, a digital program, program for birth practitioners. I do one-on-one work, all of it. You know, you can just find your way around, pick your pleasure. I also offer a lot of complimentary resources, like a ton of them. You can find it on my link tree via my Instagram. I have a, the best thing to start if you're listening and you're like, oh, okay, I want to I want to learn more about like, how do I have like a positive birth experience? I have a masterclass called the essential keys to ecstatic birth, how to prepare for pleasure and childbirth. And what I really do is show us here's where we are now. Here's where we need to be. Here's like the inner work that you need to do and like really create that roadmap for you. So whether you decide to do that work with me or with somebody else, like you kind of understand like the gaps in our culture and in our embodiment that you would really want to work towards, like it helps you identify that. So that would be the gift that I would love to offer you all. And I'm sure Erica will pass on that link. Yes, yes. All the links to the Instagram, to the website and to this resource is in the show notes. So you don't have to Google or try and find Sheila on your own. It's all there. And yeah, thank you so, so, so much, Sheila, for for being here, for doing the work that you do. And lastly, I want to emphasize and anyone who's listening, who's had a negative birth story, like Sheila mentioned, healing is possible. And in a future episode, I have a, I'll have Sharon coming on. She is specialized in trauma healing, in birth Mm -hmm. trauma healing. So we want to really emphasize the possibilities in birth, but we also want to, I also want to give people the invitation to, and the tools to deal with a trauma or a negative birth experience that you've, that you've had. And like Sheila, so beautifully modeled here, it's, it's possible to heal and to move through it. And maybe you're going to give birth in the future and and you can have a positive experience or you can just deal and handle and integrate and make peace with the negative traumatic experience that you had and sort of find completion and healing in that with that. So that's coming Mm -hmm. up on the pod. Okay. Thank you, Sheila. It was a joy. Thank you. I'm thinking of you tonight when I'm whipping out my glass dildo. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it. I'll probably send you a little DM on Instagram to celebrate. I will so hold me accountable. <laughs> so fun. I love that I'll be in your mind when yes. you whip out the wand. And then I'll top it off with <laughs> anal sex afterwards because you know me. <laughs> you know, Erica, holding you know so much it. space for you and your baby and your family. Thank you so much for allowing me to be like a part of your journey. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Okay, my friend, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you learned something new today or that I reminded you of something you already knew or do and that you feel inspired and encouraged to prioritize sex, pleasure, and orgasms in your busy life. If you love this podcast, please share it with your friends and give it a rating or review so this important message can reach more people on this planet. 
Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next time.